0: Mark McMillan on ESPN Las Vegas is brought to you by Weed Sellers. Hit WeedSellers.com for an outrageous selection of wine, bourbon, and beer. And make sure to ask for Weed Sellers at your liquor and grocery store.
1: Four o'clock hours here. Let's continue our conversation with James Hollywood Robinson, who is a Vegas guy now, and our buddy and NFL insider, Mark McMillan, the former Chief and Eagle. Mark, let's get into it. Let's talk a little NBA with James Robinson.
2: You know, obviously being drafted in the first round with the uh, Portland Trailblazers, uh, what was it like on draft day for you, um, you know, after your career at Alabama? When it first started out,
3: Mark, I'm going to be honest with you, I was so excited. And the reason I was so excited because I was here and I was going to get in, drafted anywhere from 10 through you know, 14. So the excitement was there. till they got to 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. <laughs> then the excitement just dropped, Mark. <laughs> but it dropped so bad where I had, uh, about 30, 40 people over to the house and I had the three major, you know, news stations there and stuff like that to where it got to 15. I went in a room by myself and I just closed the door. And I was so in there so upset, you know, I, I was getting calls from Utah, Detroit, um, uh, uh, the Nets, it was like the last five calls until Portland called. Portland called and said, hey, man, we're going to take you with the uh, 20th pick in the draft. And I was like, uh uh-huh. By that time, I had heard enough. Everybody was going to take him. You know, I was crying a little bit huh. when they said my name. <laughs> weight lifted off my shoulders. The, the, the tears were already coming down. They start flowing even more. Cause now I heard my name and I was so excited. And when I, once I opened the door and seen all my you know friends and family out there and they were jumping up and down, so they, the, the, the the sadness turned into a smile and I was just celebrating with everybody. Man, it was like it was like I'll put it up there with like I having my first child. It was that huh. exciting for me.
1: Looking back, were you better off going to the Blazers or the Nets took Rex Walters right? And the Nets were kind of mm-hmm. a developmental team. Looking back in your career, were you happy going to the Blazers where you had to kind of work your way into? The lineup, or if you had gotten to a, a lousy team and you were able to put up your numbers, looking back, what was better?
3: Man, going to the Blazers without a fact They had just lost to Jordan when Jordan hit them threes like this. So I got put in a perfect scenario where I i didn't play as much, but I got a chance to learn a lot, uh, learn how to be a professional, and that was the thing. That's the key because when you're young like that, you know, uh, when you're on the – You don't really have nobody to guide you with your money, with your, you know, everything that you do. So I had some guys on the team. When I went ball stuff, they told me to take it back. Hey, man, you need to take that stuff back. (laughs) You got – what you going to do with four cars? You need to take one (laughs) or two of them cars back. So I had some guys not just on on the basketball side helping me. I had them on the financial side helping me, teaching me how to be a professional about being on time. Uh, Even though I had to carry bags, you know, and all that stuff, I didn't mind. I really didn't mind, especially when I started playing – and Clyde come over here, is Clyde Drexler <laughs> coming over to me and say, "Hey, look, give me you You need to do bum 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 bum. That's the best experience in the world. I can't get that on a you know going to like the Clippers at the time or going to Detroit at the time. So I was happy with the position that I got, and it worked out well for me.
1: Mark, I was kind of intrigued by the four car comment. Did you actually buy four cars? What kind of cars <laughs> did you buy?
3: I had uh, a <clears throat> The two cars that I, that was given to me, this is crazy was, you know, because Portland was hot at the time. Yeah. So I had a Jeep deal. They gave me a Jeep. And then I had a uh, a uh, Acro deal. They gave me an Acro. Then I went and bought because I went, thought I was a man. I went and bought <laughs> a Mercedes. And then I went and bought a something – some SUV, some type of SUV. <laughs> I ended up keeping the SUV and the Jeep for the other two vehicles I took back.
1: This is a weird one. You were young when you got to the NBA, but you weren't young like guys are today. Could you imagine going in with all that money and being like a top 10 pick at 18 years old or 19 years oh, old? Oh, he'd
2: have bought 10 cars. <laughs> no, but the, but the day,
3: today's game about these guys, though, they, they study the game. When I mean by study the game, they study the game on and off the court. So you don't really hear about guys losing their money or going broke now. Because yeah. it's like, you know, you got classes that they kind of teach you how to save your money more you know back in the day us you had guys want to flourish more you know buying all the jewelry and all that stuff these guys now don't really wear all that stuff i mean they they have it but they they, they more on saving their money and trying to do more in the community than 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 we were
1: uh james <laughs> we appreciate it man we got to get you on again talk some more nba talk about uh current day nba that was awesome
3: thank you you got it man i really appreciate being on the show thank you steven and always, Mark. It's a pleasure, baby. I uh, appreciate you, man. Roll tie, Roll tie.
1: So there you go, Hollywood Robinson, former player at Alabama and the Blazers and the the Clippers. He had a year with the uh, T Wolves with uh, right at the beginning of uh, Garnett and and Starberry's career. He, I'm telling you, folks, people don't remember that era because I uh, I was a gigantic college basketball fan, and like he was he was on a great team, and yet there were teams in the SEC that were just crazy. He's he was a scoring. Machine. Now, speaking of machines, yeah. <laughs> Mark had another week where he, he's, he, man, you're posting pictures of uh, different <laughs> stuff you cooked. Um, I know you, you're you potentially going to have more seminars coming up, right, where you're going to be cooking for a bunch of people?
2: Yeah, I got one uh, booked for two weeks, uh, two weeks out that uh, I'll be doing a live cooking seminar as well just by posting it, man, people are really jumping on board. There's weed, uh, wine companies, there's bourbon companies, uh, you know, just coming out of woodworks. And I'm finding out that the bourbon community is 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 real tight. And it's like a really cool uh, fraternity to be in. So I'm, I'm learning a lot, uh, you know, just being, uh, you know, in the bourbon game, in the wine game, obviously, you know, with weed sellers, uh, wine, I'm cooking a lot of food with that, uh, the bourbon, um, I made some bourbon barbecue pork chops the other day that I used uh, with Wee Sellers bourbon in my barbecue sauce. So things are just exploding right now, man. And it seems like every week there's something new coming up for Grilla McMillan. So I'm excited, man. And I always try to tag you in the post. And I do appreciate you sending up uh, a picture of that steak, man. Steak looked good.
1: I tried. I still have to get the char going. You got to tell me how to get like a really good char but not, you know, uh, overcook the steak. So what's the best way to do it?
2: Um, you gotta have your grill real hot. Okay. Uh you gotta make sure the grill is real hot. Uh you want you wanna put it over the fire. It's gotta be like four fifty, five hundred. Like that grill's gotta be smoking hot. Or if you have a cast iron skillet in the house, but you know, that's gonna that's gonna generate a lot of smoke, not unless you have a restaurant quality hood. So if you got a grill <laughs> if you got a grill, man, smoke that thing real hot. Uh it depends on the cut. Uh, I gave you a, a nice steak, I think it was probably like what, 18 ounces?
1: Dude, that thing was gigantic. Yeah. And, and uh, like, I didn't get a good charna, but I got it medium rare. It That was, that was a ridiculous steak. Like, every piece of the steak was awesome.
2: Yeah, my guys, uh, Mike and Scott from Happy to Meet You, uh, who's my meat sponsor. Uh, you know, they do a great job of you know, making sure the clients uh, get quality beef. And, you know, I just wanted you to taste it for yourself. So you had the weed wine. Uh, you had the uh, Happy to Meet You Grilla McMillan Steaks. So you're you're set, man. I think we're gonna have a nice partnership because you're definitely gonna eat good and you're gonna drink good.
1: <laughs> next up, <laughs> next up, we need some fitness sponsors for the spot. We'll work on that one. Uh, Mark and with us, a former NFL player. It's Cofield and Company. Let's uh, let's break down a couple NFL points before we get you out of here. Uh, one, your thoughts on Cam Newton going back to the Patriots? I, I saw a lot of Patriots fans were like, "What's the point? You guy can't right. throw anymore." Uh, but clearly, there's there's some synergy there. Which I think is amazing between Cam and Belichick because so many people over the years are like, "Oh, Cam's a pain in the ass. He's Ooh. a drama queen." I don't know, man. If you if you can play for Belichick and Belichick is gonna you know ride or die with you, I think yeah. that says a lot about Cam Newton's character and his professionalism.
2: Yeah, there's there's a lot of people that that excite, that's excited about it, uh, and there's a lot of people like, well, you know, Cam sucks. He can't throw the ball, but. Obviously, Bill Belichick sees something in Cam. He doesn't care what the outside people thinks. And, you know, his resume speaks for itself, uh, talking about Belichick. And, you know, he's surrounding himself uh, with some good weapons. Uh, you know, he'll get some some key players back uh, that they lost off of defense. Dante Hightower, just think of, you know, he's the key, the catalyst of that defense uh, to see him come back. Uh, you know, they added, uh, you know, Nelson Aguilar, who the Raiders uh, couldn't sign back. I know a lot of people like, you know, get rid of him, but Nelson was the key spot. He was he was one of the bright spots yep. uh, besides the tight end for the Raiders. So you know uh, a lot of people like, hey, you know, get rid of him. I was like, well, you know, he was a veteran guy in the locker room. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, those are guys that that's hard to replace on the team. And uh, you know, Belichick just adding uh, more more people around them. Obviously, you got the Chiefs to worry about. You got the Bills to worry about in that division. Um, so he's 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 gearing up for you know for another run and uh, giving Cam a deal. It's only a one-year deal, so people just relax. It's not like they signed him to a long-term deal. So uh, he's going to ride with Cam, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do next year.
1: Well, they're going to play power football, I can tell you that, because uh, they just got Hunter Henry. They signed Johnnie Smith, another tight end. So they're going to be playing a lot of two tight end sets, and I'm sure they're going to get Cam Newton downhill. And they got speed at receiver. Aguilar's a good deep threat. Um, So Mm -hmm. is Kendrick Bourne. So it's going to be really interesting how the Patriots run their offense.
2: Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, speaking of uh, their offensive weapons, I'm still waiting to see what Nikhil Harry is going to do. You know, he was one of the top receivers uh, coming out of college. Uh, you know, he's had an injury prone career so far. So if that guy can get on track, I'm sure having Nelson in the locker room, being able to tutor this guy, uh, hopefully he can get on track. Uh, with the two tight end sets that you said they're going to be running, uh, running downhill, that's going to protect Cam a lot more because he was – You know, he's taking some shots and, you know, he's he's taking a lot of shots in his career. And, you know, for them to be able to surround him with uh, some tight end sets, uh, you know, obviously they have a really good running game still. They got some really key running backs that that they have coming back. So it's going to be exciting, man. But everybody is still chasing the Chiefs. Uh, I see the Buffalo Bills. They haven't really made a splash yet, but it's going to be pretty interesting to see that division, uh, you know, play it pan out.
1: Thanks to uh, Weed Sellers. Go up to uh, Weed, Sellers scom WeedSellers.com. Got the best in uh, wine and bourbon and beer, uh, helping us uh, get Mark McMillan on today. Also, uh, Hollywood Robinson, who is a local. That was a very cool conversation, Mark. Good spot today.
2: Uh, appreciate you having me on, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, what I'm going to throw on the grill today uh, to post later on. Maybe a steak, maybe some chicken, maybe I'll make up some pasta, but I'm kind of turning over to some soups of late, so I might put a little lager, a little weed seller's beer in some broccoli potato soup. So stay tuned, baby.
1: There he is, Mark McMillan, with the former NBA player and star at Alabama, James Hollywood Robinson. We're about 10 minutes away from some hardcore football breakdown around the Raiders as our Tuesday insider Q Myers He's on the way.
0: Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to Cofield and company. He struggles against the
4: run, and obviously that's not as big of a part of football anymore as it used to be. Um, but he's not a very good edge defender against the run. He was that way in Baltimore. He was not playing uh, starter snaps in Baltimore. If they're thinking of him as the top end, where he's got to get a lot of the pressure himself, I think they're going to be a little bit disappointed. When he's played with teams with good secondaries like Baltimore and then, you know, the Jalen Ramsey-led Jacksonville Jaguars, he's had good pressure numbers. When he hasn't, you know, he's struggled against the quarterback. He's a late-in-the-down kind of pressure guy. Uh, and so the Raiders, I think, have to look at the secondary and say, we want to complement this signing.
1: Eric Eager. One of the football voices we've had on since the uh, note, for the news that Yannick Ngakwe should be a Raider. Two-year deal, $26 million. We had uh, Ben Lieberon. Uh, Eric's from PFF.com. Ben Lieberon, as well, who played for the Vikings and the Chargers, works at KFAN. And then uh, Miles Simmons from PFT was talking to us earlier about Ngakwe. And all of them said, you know, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes just a little bit. Uh, we'll get to Q Myers here in about three minutes couple of things to update you on um one, Rodney Hudson gone did Rodney Hudson request his release or do the uh, Raiders cut him
4: There's there's some rumors out there uh that 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 happened I think we don't have any details either way that these are things that often happen when uh transactions are made and you know there's kind of damage control done um you know in both directions sometimes uh, so we don't know the, the the firm details on this but it's also important to note he hasn't actually been cut yet Right, right. And, you know, there's been a story that he's been informed he will be released, but it hasn't happened yet.
1: Okay. All right. Could there be a renegotiation? What's going on here? Let's get the opinion of uh, Q Myers. Q is a Raiders insider. You heard him for uh, the longest time over on Raider Nation Radio, our sister station, uh, 920 a.m., and uh, he's got his Lockdown Raiders podcast. Q, pretty crazy last couple of days, huh?
5: Yeah, very, very crazy. Uh, I'm still, you know, kind of my mind is still spinning about this whole Rodney Hudson thing. You know, I, I know you guys asked me a couple weeks ago about what I thought the offensive line was going to look like after Trent Brown was gone, Richie Incognito was gone, and I was pretty confident that the line was still going to be pretty solid. But this Rodney Hudson thing, man, this is the anchor. This is the guy. He's the he's the truth. He's he's been the dude, man. And so I'm really confused. I'm shocked. Like a lot of Raider Nation is that that uh, he's being moved on from and. Like was just mentioned, you know, it's not official yet. He hasn't been officially released, so maybe it doesn't happen. Gabe Jackson was another guy that was supposed to get released. Hasn't been official yet, so who knows what's really going on. But, man, I'm telling you, it's really starting to bother me with the direction that the team is going at the current time.
4: Well, I think the most important question, Q, is can you block anyone?
5: Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, that that's the thing. I mean, the right tackle position, I felt like, okay, it's going to be solidified one way or the other. Either you're going to get a, a rookie in there, a big-time mm-hmm. rookie, because the draft mm-hmm. is deep at the tackle position. John Simpson's there. Denzel good. I think you're going to re-sign him. You know, so I, I felt like there was pieces in place, but he was the, he was the guy. I mean, he was the, the, the middle, was the, the, the anchor. He was the guy that made everything make sense. And right now, nothing makes sense. And I know that they're high on Andre James, but, I mean, he's a— up for a reason, you know what I mean, and it just a lot of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But you tell me, man, a guy that started 79 out of 80 games the past five years for the team, best pass rushing block, blocking center in the NFL, only owed $9.9 million in cash in 2021. Even after they picked up, you know, Unique and Gakway in, in free agency or at least agreed to a term with him yesterday, which I thought was a great move, this move is almost like, okay, we're gonna take one step forward and take two back. This one just again doesn't make any sense to me. And now Derek Carr is probably sitting back there wondering, Well, how in the world am I gonna have time to even get rid of the ball? And I get rid of the ball quick.
4: No, I mean I mean you, Q, can you block anyone? They
5: might need you. <laughs> No, no, the only blocking I can do is on Twitter, and I don't do that very often either.
4: (laughs) I mean, yeah, you said, you know, you just can't figure out the direction that they're going. I I think that's the biggest question a lot of people have. Like, what direction are they going in? It it seems to me like, you know, if this Rodney Hudson thing is true and it appears that it is true, like, it seems like they're building toward the future at this point. Like, they're looking down the road. But this is not a team that we thought was in a full rebuild mode either.
5: It, it, exactly that's the thing I mean it would be that'd be a, a move that makes sense if they're building for the future but it doesn't even make sense for the future I mean again they have a big time you know dead cap hit when they do officially release them and I'm sure that they'll they'll designate it a post-tune first one so it's a it's a less of a hit but still that doesn't even make sense as far as looking at the money and saying okay well it's, it's no guaranteed money it's no dead cap hit or it's a very minimal one so okay that makes sense it just doesn't make any sense and you know you're trusting that a guy who's a backup is going to go in and fill that role and that the offensive line is going to be solid. Tom Cable worked some, some, some magic tricks in 2020, but, I mean, at some point, you know, the magic tricks run out. You know what I mean? Like, at some point, you think that you have a magic trick in the bag and it just doesn't really shake out the way you expected it to. I just I just don't understand this. And one of the reports is that he asked for his re- release and, and they didn't guarantee or they voided his $3 million that he was supposed to be uh, guaranteed cash up front. And I just think that that's That's minimal. That's pennies to be fighting over. I don't understand. It just doesn't make sense. You guys asked me a couple weeks ago about the culture of the team. Right now with this, it doesn't feel like the culture of the team is very good.
1: Q Myers is with us. Well, they're reportedly adding a piece to the defense, and that's Yannick and Gakwe. We've gotten kind of mixed uh, reaction from some of our football experts the last day and a half. The suggestion is, well, you know, a lot of what we saw in uh, Ravensland and with the Vikings, he kind of came off as more of a – a part-time player and a specialist. Uh, Gus Bradley, I would think, uh, we've been saying, clearly wanted him. They're, you know, they're matched up together back in Jacksonville. So where are you on Ngakwe, uh, both on the cost and what kind of player he can be?
5: I, I like him a lot. He's a guy that I've been pounding the table for quite a while. I've seen a lot of Raider Nation kind of say that they don't like it. He's not a double-digit sack guy. Look, his sack from last season would have led the team, you know, and I'm not saying that he's the, the answer that's going to solve all the riddles and all the problems but he's a really good piece. He's a guy who's a pass rush specialist. He's a little suspect against the run, but he's still young. He's a young guy, and so only giving him a two-year deal, and I know the, the, the contract is guaranteed $26 million, but it means he's still going to have an opportunity to be hungry and go out there and prove that he deserves the big contract that he has not received yet in his, in his career, He's back with Gus Bradley. He did his best work as a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm very high on this move. I, I love this move, and everything was good. All was well in Raider Land, as far as I was concerned, until the news rolled out earlier today about Rodney Hudson being let go and being released, and again, not official. But still, that just kind of took all the wind out of my sails, and, and just it, 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 it took that fire out. You know, there was a, a fire burning, and I'm thinking, okay, this is great. And then all of a sudden, that fire just immediately, there was some water thrown on it just. Just went out. So uh, well, I, again, I'm I'm not sure. You take a step forward, it feels like you're taking two back now.
4: Well, what do you think the Gakwe signing means for Cleveland Furl and Max Crosby?
5: Uh, I think that Cle Furl kicks inside. I really do. Uh, and I think that that's what he's been kind of bulking up. And that's the way that he's been playing. And as we all know, he's more effective against the run anyway. So I think that that's really what he's going to do is kick inside. I think that Max Crosby is going to be just fine. He's going to be a, a speed edge rusher. And, uh, you know, so is and Gakway. And I think that those guys are going to really do well a- a against the pass rush. You know, if, if I can get eight or nine sacks out of Max and get uh, eight or nine sacks out of out of unique unique Ngakwe, then I feel like that they're doing well. The the key to this whole thing is gonna be can they get some push up the middle? Can they get a guy up the gut that's gonna be able to collapse the pocket? That's where they've struggled as of late. I know Jonathan Hankins is a is a unrestricted free agent. They can re sign him. I think they need a dominant guy, you know, I, I really do. I think they need a guy that can dominate from that inside position. That's where they're gonna really make some some noise. So uh, I think that, you know, there's been reports that, you know, Max won't start and and really, honestly, that's fine. I, I don't care if he starts or not. I don't think that a title really matters. I just want him to be in there, be fresh, be ready to rock and roll. It almost seems like his rookie year, when he had less snaps, he was more effective because he was more fresh. So maybe that's a, the role that Gus Bradley sees. But I know that Bradley knows Ngakwe really well. I feel like he signed off on him. So I, I think that's going to be a good addition to that defense.
4: Q Myers joining us as he does each and every week, breaking down the Raiders' Uh I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on what you could do with furrow and movement side. The problem is Ngakwe and Crosby both have, you know, liabilities against the run. I mean, are you right. willing to put both of them on the field at the same time?
5: Yeah, I mean, that that's, could be a little suspect, you know, because they are, like you mentioned, they are a, a suspect against the run. So if, if they don't, you know, have contained, and all of a sudden you have rushers on the outside just killing it. We saw Max Crosby uh, be victimized by that multiple times in 2020, and I've seen Unique Ngakwe as much as I, I like him and I've followed him. He's done that at times as well, so that's why I say you might have to rotate them. You may have to have them on, uh, you know, on the on, on the field at, at different times, just so you don't have, you know, that those those bookends both being a liability against the run, you know. But, again, I'm okay as long as these guys are fresh when they're out there. Again, you don't need a whole bunch of snaps. You could just get the same results in in minimal snaps as long as these guys are fresh. The 49ers are my perfect example. They showed us the year that they went to the Super Bowl and lost against the Chiefs that you can never have enough pass rushers. You can have a healthy rotation of pass rushers, and that's how that's how you, you really dominate. And as long as you can keep on bringing in fresh guys, that makes the rest of your team—the linebackers, the safeties, the, the corners—it makes them all that much better because, well, you got a pass rush just getting to the quarterback and harassing them.
1: Q. Myers is with us. Were you surprised that uh, Aguilar, if the reports are correct, got uh, two for 26? And how big a hole is it right now for the Raiders?
5: Um, I, I was—I wasn't surprised that he got a big time deal. I mean, he had a contract year. You know, he made—he made a, a, a great showing there in Las Vegas, and I figured that he was going to go to the highest bidder. Uh, And honestly, going back to Ngakwe, I'd rather the Raiders spend the money that they spent on Ngakwe than spend that money on on Nelly, Because I think that in John Gruden's system, a wide receiver could go in there and flourish. I mean, I really do. I think that they can get a guy in free agency. I think that there's still a big move that they're, they're about to make, even though I'm still scratching my head over this Rodney Hudson thing. So... Uh, if they make a big move, they better make a great move. But uh, I think that they, they're going to go out and make a move for another guy, maybe a Juju Smith-Schuster. He'll be a number two wide receiver uh, right behind Darren Waller, who's obviously the number one in the offense. I think he would flourish as a number two there. Uh, you know, there, there's other guys that are out there, uh, Kenny Galladay. You know, and then, again, maybe they just dip into the draft, which is very deep with wide receivers. So I think they have a lot of options. I don't think retaining Nelly in two years $26 million was what they needed to do. I wanted him to stay on the team but I wanted them to stay at the right price, which I'm looking at $7 million, $8 million, maybe, maybe two years, $15 million instead of $13 million a year.
1: Q, you're in Texas, and I know you're a little tighter covering the Cowboys than the Texans, but how do you read the Texans signing Tyrod Taylor to play quarterback, I guess, backup, but at $6 million guaranteed with another six in incentives?
5: I look at him as as going to be the starter for the Texans in 2021. I'm, I really do, and I've been covering this. A story like a glove Uh, get to talk to John McClain uh, the great John McClain every week and he kind of gives us updates and uh, ever since maybe three or four weeks ago it's been almost like the the worst-kept secret that that Deshaun Watson is going to eventually get traded Uh, you know David Culley the head coach he just about said that on the hustle and flow uh, podcast the other day with uh, Jim Trotter and Steve Weiss and then he came out to the media and tried to make it sound like oh no they're all in on they're all in on uh, on Deshaun Watson in on on them i don't see that happening i think that that tyrod taylor will be the starter he's a bridge gap guy he'll be there for one year and i'll tell you taking it a step further i don't even know how long david is going to be there he may be there just as long as the bridge gap guy there it just seems like he was brought in to almost try to appease deshaun watson and say hey i know we didn't get eric the enemy like you wanted but we got another guy we got another guy that maybe you'll like in david culley and when deshaun watson said uh thanks but no thanks I think that they realize the writing's on the wall. He'll be gone, and I think Cully will probably be gone in a year or so, too.
1: Q, did you take Baylor to go to the Final Four in your brackets?
5: I did not. I have them losing in the Sweet 16 to Ohio State. (laughs) Why? Hey, that's that's, that's where it is right there. You know, I I don't think that they've quite recovered from the three-week layoff that they had because of COVID. Uh, They were able to win some games. They won the Big 12, but you saw the way they lost in the Big 12 tournament. Lots of turnovers. Uh, just kind of looked like they were getting outplayed. Uh, didn't look like they had their legs under them. I just don't think that they're 100%. And I know they have a couple games that will be, okay, you can slide by those. But I think Ohio State just going to be too much for them. And so that's where I have them losing in the
1: Sweet 16. Damn, the most hated man in Waco, Hugh Myers. All right, Q. I'm <laughs> I've kidding, always I'm
5: kidding. been that guy anyway because I'll never just, you know, Cut for a scene because I cover him. I mean, I'll keep it honest. I'll keep it real. So, a lot of Baylor fans look at me side eye, but uh, whatever. It is what it is.
1: (laughs) That's why we have him on, Q Myers. Thanks, Q.
5: Appreciate you guys.
1: Uh, Every night, seemingly every night. I think he does it seven days a week, if not six. um, Lockdown Raiders podcast, awesome podcast. I mean, he's, he's doing it all the freaking time. Does a local show in Waco, and he's one of our Raiders insiders. Nice enough to join us on Tuesdays. We're about 15 minutes away from checking in with one of the dudes from Des Moines at Des Moines uh, Moines Registers. We'll uh, try to find out the latest with that Iowa State job and if T.J. Otzelberger really is a candidate.
0: Visit Cofield's Corner on LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Time now for Dustin DeHart's Club 99. Back to Steve Cofield.
1: So, Adam, we have had all these moves, you know, announced or speculated, whatever, media reports. We'll see if they all come to fruition tomorrow when things uh, officially open up on St. Paddy's Day, the beginning of the uh, calendar year for the NFL. But right now with the Raiders, uh, Malik Collins off to the Texans, uh, Tack McKinley off to the Browns, Aguilar to the Patriots, Tyrell Williams to the Lions, Rodney Hudson cut, we think, uh, Fitzpatrick. Is now with the Washington football team. Bursett, quarterback with Miami. Marvin Jones, Miami. Tyrod Taylor, Texans. Andy Dalton to the Bears. You know what we're not seeing is tons of money thrown around for the biggest name wide receivers. Has anything come down on Galladay or
4: Juju? Haven't seen anything at all. And I, I mean, I feel like, well, first of all, we we we've talked about this for months. This is a terrible time to go into free agency. It's the worst for, the, possible. for
1: like the highest end deals. Cause it's been, it's been good for some. Um, obviously uh, Joe Tooney going to the chiefs, he made money. He's got, you know, an $80 million deal with like 48 guaranteed. But uh, why do you say it's the worst time with the uh, cap depressed? Yeah.
4: You with know, The cap depressed and teams trying to figure out how to, you know, make it under the cap. And the team's also trying to figure out how to do the creative deals to push the money down the road. Like all those things make it a terrible time to be a free agent, especially a guy like Kenny Galladay, who could be near the top of the wide receiver market. Like his his deal could in a normal year, if he was a free agent in a year or two years, could could be, you know, one of the highest paid receivers in the entire league. And I'm sure that's the money he wants. And teams are like, can't do that this year. So hmm. I think there is, you know, that level. And and as you said, some of the guys sure are getting good deals. But I, I would like to see how some of them are structured too which we won't know for a little bit um, and how, how they're kind of paying guys maybe down the road and not this year and how some of the guaranteed money works out, how the cap uh, issues work out. There's a lot of, a lot of those questions, but I just think going into free agency right now is a nightmare. And you also have to weigh that weigh that option. The right thing to do is probably to sign a one or two year deal because the cap goes up next year and then it expands exponentially the year after like two years from now is the year that you really want to be a free agent. So you do, do you do a one year deal? And then become a free agent next year? Do you do two years and become a free agent when the the money is really there? Like, I think there's a lot of choices that these players have to make.
1: Interesting on Galladay and some chatter that's out there on social media with media people. Uh, what if I told you the Giants, the Patriots, the Dolphins could be out on Galladay? Doesn't that kind of hurt his cause <laughs> since they all they could all use I mean the Patriots, I don't think they're gonna spend you know $80, $90 dollars on a receiver, but Miami needs one. The Giants need one. Uh, I saw it wasn't a back and forth, but it was kind of Jordan Rannon who covers the Giants, and then it was backed up by Albert Breer. Breer said, um, I'd be pretty surprised if Galladay wound up a Giant for the same reason I told you the Patriots wouldn't pursue him. Things didn't end great for him in Detroit, which if you think about it, you got Joe Judge in New York. You've got Belichick in New England. Dan Campbell's kind of part of that whole mix. Going back to the Giants, Flores is connected to the Patriots. I think what, and I'm just guessing, you know, things didn't end well for Galladay. He was he was so off injured. You know what happens with guys with injuries in the NFL? You'll get coaches who are like, puss. Like there's a difference between, you know, between being hurt and really injured. Hurt, you can play injured, you can't play so I wonder if his name's being a little bit smeared by his days, you know, in Detroit. And you know, maybe you know, I don't know if it would be Campbell sending out the message, but it's interesting that nothing's happened so far. Oh, your your guy Matt Patricia, I'm sure is. Uh, and I'm of, sorry, so, you know what? Yeah. Even more so than Campbell, because Campbell just got. It. You're right. I forgot Patricia to Belichick to Flores to Judge, all Patriots yeah. guys.
4: Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Poison poisoning the well on him, and and to take it one step further to your theory about. Hey, you're hurt. The coaches start, you know, criticizing you and taking shots at you. Then, if you know, if the player fires back, if you're if you're Galladay, and this is just total, you know, we're just throwing out a scenario. But like, if you're Galladay and 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 you're hurt, and the coach is like, "Get on the field, puss," like we know whatever he's doing, and then you start firing back. Now you're the bad guy because you're not supposed to say
5: anything.
1: Right now, interest rates are super super low, so it's the time uh, to talk to your Nova loan, uh, Nova home loans officer about refinancing potentially uh, lowering your payment. Reduce the loan term, consolidate your debt, take out cash for uh, renovations, maybe look towards retirement with Nova Home Loans. Every loan is a touchdown. If you need uh, money in your pocket, you got to work with a team who works for you. Call Nova Home Loans at 877-700-NOVA. That's
0: 877-700-NOVA. Call Nova Home Loans and tell them Cofield and ESPN Las Vegas sent you. Club 99 is presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Want to talk interest rates and ask about getting your mortgage tuned up? Dustin is Cofield's real estate guy. He needs to be yours too. Call Dustin DeHart at 577 2600
1: state they're playing with some spirit here in the first half trying to keep their season alive as johnson tries to go coast to coast there's solomon young again on the offensive glass and knocking it down as Jalen coleman lands and just like that it's a two-point game again
0: now back to cofield and company on espn las vegas
1: right, bob was shooting on the call there we're live state action it's cofield and company here in vegas adam we're uh I know in a normal week we'd be freaking going crazy over the coaching carousel, but we're in NFL City now, so we've barely been able to get it in. Um, i got to ask you, I, I know it just came down in like the last few minutes, I think. Uh, what's going on at Utah now? Yeah, uh, uh, Christoviak is out at Utah. Really? They have agreed
4: to part ways. Wow. Uh, there's some speculation that he resigned. Okay. Um, I'm not, you know, when these situations happen, you know, both sides weigh in and, hey, I quit. No, you didn't. You were fired you don't know how that all works out but uh yeah it's a it's a crazy situation there and I, my my thought like my immediate thought right away is that Utah just made a preemptive strike against Minnesota to keep Minnesota from bringing in Craig Smith and they could get him first like that wow. like that's just that's just spitballing that it, it might have been what happened there
1: all right well you know back on February 15th we started talking about TJ Otzelberger being on that Canada list at Iowa State. If Steve Prom went bye bye, well, he's he's done. Randy Peterson covers the scene uh, in Iowa at the Des Moines Register. You can also hear him on radio there as well. Randy, how you doing? It's Stephen Adam here in Vegas.
6: I'm doing well, guys. Just listening to your updated report. My, it's this is going to, you know, people said at the beginning of the season, or maybe even at some point during the fall, that there would be very few coaching moves this year because of the pandemic and what that pandemic would mean for finances i have not seen that to be true um so it's going to no. be interesting next uh, few days few hours whatever
1: well, i mean randy you know if there's money behind a program and if the uh money people want to coach out and you know someone comes to him and says hey we need four six eight ten million dollars at a lot of programs indiana is an example hey we need 10 million to get rid of arch miller okay here's 10 million yeah yeah that was interesting.
6: Here's ten million and not one penny more than ten million. Um Jimmy Pollard, the Iowa State Athletic Athletics Director, had a I guess it wasn't a press conference. He he had a video um, this morning where he where he talked a little bit about his decision and he was very adamant, very, very adamant, to say at some point during his during the, the ten minute video that no boost no Iowa State booster, no booster was asked or no booster ponied up to pay Steve Frome's whatever it is, five five point three million dollar buyout. Hmm. They he said we're not going that route. Um, he doesn't believe in going that route. So while it you know while, like you said, Indiana did it and very upfront did it. Iowa State didn't do it, but, but I think a little bit to your point, if 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 a school wants to make a coaching change, they're gonna find the money someplace. Someplace they'll find the money. Whether it's taking on more debt, if you're, if you're if you're paying debt over twenty years, what's another million dollars over twenty years? If you're you know a power five university in a normal year, so if if you want to make a coaching change bad enough, you'll find the money.
1: So we've talked about uh, Otz's connections to Iowa State, and I want you to lay it out for the audience. Uh, what what are those connections, and you know why is this such a possibility that TJ Olsenberger could walk on UNLV to go to Iowa State? Well, let's
6: let's just start out by, by TJ's worked under he worked under three coaches at Iowa State. He worked under Greg McDermott, he worked under Fred Hoyberg, and he worked under um, Steve Prohm. So he already so so and he was one of the, the primary recruiters. And he was you know he gradually worked into an X's and O's role, um, especially with Fred. So so he knows the Iowa State landscape. He knows every blade of grass on that campus. Knows the the culture of Iowa State. He knows what kind of player Iowa State fans are used to, the style of ball they're used to, and and, and etc. So that's 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 one starting place. Um, TJ's married to Allison Macy, as you guys know, a former Iowa State women's basketball star. Um, so that's that's another one. The, the 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 clincher though is that Jamie Pollard, the athletics director became pretty close to TJ back when TJ was coaching at San Diego state, it was not uncommon for Jamie Pollard and some of his family members to drive to the South Dakota state, which is oh Lord seven hours, maybe um, to go there, watch, sit courtside, watch a game and tweet a picture that he's, that he's watching TJ play a basketball game, which, at that point in time, a lot of people probably didn't start connecting dots, but but it's in the back of our mind that, that there's a relationship there, and and that their families are good friends. So that's that's a piece of it. Not long ago, I, had, I don't know how many years ago it was, but but certainly when TJ was was at Vegas, Jamie Pollard, the athletics director, tweeted a picture of of himself and TJ and Mike Dom, who was TJ's All American at. At South Dakota State, who was in who was in Vegas playing in an NBA summer league, so I tweeted a picture of that. <coughs> so those all those pieces of string. Um, and TJ's former working at Iowa State. TJ being married to a former Iowa State women's basketball player, although that's that's neither here nor there as far as as far as the relationship with Iowa State. But but primarily it, it's TJ's relationship with. With the athletic director, that that um, is, is reason for for all the TJ speculation. Plus the fact that he was one of the the final two. He came, the the Iowa State job when after Fred left to go to the Bulls, it came down to TJ and it came down to Prom. So for all those reasons, the speculation has been out there for a long time that the next Iowa State coach would be TJ Yelseyberger.
4: Well, I mean you, you mentioned that, you know, the A D talking about not being beholden to boosters and not, you know, taking their money to do moves like this. Like would there be anything standing in the way? Would there be resistance to him just making a move and hiring TJ Altenberger without doing an extensive search?
6: I am I don't I don't think so because I think that Iowa State basketball has been trending down since this, since midway through the season. I mean, when you're 0-18, it, it, and you can pretty much tell this team's not going to win a game in the Big 12. So I'm guessing that, and it's just a guess, that the athletic director did was doing his, his due diligence at that point in time, starting to, to, to compile a short list. Um, they've used a search firm before, and I've, I've reached out to find out if they used a search firm this time, and I, I don't know for sure. Um, but be that as it may, they... He, he's. I'm sure he had a list. So I don't know whether, whether he even started interviewing some of those people. I doubt it. Before yesterday at 8 o'clock last night, our time, when he fired Steve Prome, But anymore, doing interviews is, it's not like it was, you know, you met Clandestine in, 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 in wherever, Chicago or, or Atlanta or, or someplace like that. You met in the airport, back in a corner of the airport someplace. Um, you know, you can meet. You just meet on Zoom now, so it's very, very easy in that respect to do interviews. So I suspect that Jamie has has done interviews, and at least he'll he'll, he'll do interviews um, on the Zoom. Jamie is a member of the NCAA selection committee. He came back to, to get to handle this work, and then he flew back to Indianapolis today to re, to rejoin the bubble. I think he probably has to quarantine for I don't know how long. But to, to rejoin the bubble with the selection committee, but I suspect that he'll do interviews via Zoom and then at some point late in the week because he said he wanted to act as quickly as possible, which to me showed that it's his primary, his primary focus is somebody that's not coaching in the NCAA tournament. Just because he wanted to act swiftly and it could be a quick search makes me think that it could be done by the end of the week.
1: So you don't think the coach is from, say, Drake or, and Drake's coming up here in just a couple of days, Drake or, well, Colorado State's Nico Medved is available. He's in the NIT, but he's still playing. Uh, Craig Smith, who else, like, any of those guys under consideration? Is there another name we're missing?
6: Well, those those names have been bandied about. I mean, especially DeVries being 30 miles down the road from Iowa State. Yeah, especially DeVries. Um, I don't know whether Jamie Pollard reaches out to him or not, but but he's, they're in, Drake is in the NCAA tournament. They play righty, I believe. Um, um, so I, I don't, I don't, I doubt if if, if DeVries doesn't an, does any job interviews before before Drake's done playing. Um, as far as as far as the others, I don't, I don't think he'll. I don't think the coaches would interview while they're still going while, while they still have teams alive. Maybe Nico and the, and the NIT, possibly Nico also coached the Drake. He's got some, he's got ties to the Midwest. Um, the only other person I would think that, that, and I'm just, and I'm just a bit volunteer that Jamie could interview right now would be Archie Miller, who just got fired at, at Indiana. But I'm just throwing that name out there. Um, because I think we can, we can, um, overanalyze this all we want, but we're going to end up circling back to, to T.J. and our initial thoughts that, that uh, all along that, that he would be number one on the list. So, um, you know, I assume Jamie will be interviewing other people, but, but um, I don't know who. They're very close. They're very tight-lipped about that stuff. Um, I would assume they'd interview maybe somebody on on, on the present staff, maybe like a Danielle Robinson, um, who's been at Iowa State for a long time, as a very long-time assistant under, in a couple different regimes. So I assume I assume there'll be more than one interview.
1: Randy Peterson's with us to went register, nice enough to give us some time here as we're talking about TJ Alzelberger, the UNLV head coach, absolutely, uh, in the crosshairs, a target of Iowa State as they look to get a new coach uh, in place. And you said uh, maybe by the end of the week. I mean, I would have to think, and you know, you don't you don't have to say for with certainty, but I would have to think like ninety five percent of this may have been done in terms of conversation before prom was gone.
6: I, I, I can't just dis- I don't have anything to dispute that i i can't I can't disagree with that um and I just say the end of the week because Jamie said he wanted to act quickly so that, that's the only way I, I, I say that and, and anything longer than the weekend is not quick but i it would not surprise me if there were conversations um during you know towards the, the maybe during the last week of the season maybe when Iowa State was in Kansas City to play in the big Twelve. Um, conference tournament, that would not surprise me, but I don't have any, I don't have any, um, anything that, that that, that any reporting or any, any sources that said that actually happened. Right. But um, I, 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 I guess I would not rule that out.
4: There, there's been a lot of rumors out there that TJ Altenberger was in or was on campus uh, last month. Now that seems crazy to me that would happen during the season. But the only reason I ask this is because would it be possible for somebody, as you said, that's that well known around campus and around, you know, the Iowa State community to come into town and not be seen and not be recognized? Like somebody would have seen him and reported that, right?
6: Yeah, I've heard that he was I heard I heard somebody saw him, but that I didn't I didn't. You're right. It would have been reported. It would have been out there. Somebody would have taken a picture. Somebody would have would have got an autograph and, and taken a picture of the autograph or something. Because T.J. is very well known in town. I guess I guess that was that was surprised me. And a month ago, um, they were still playing ball, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So I, I I really doubt that T.J. would leave. Um, you know, would leave the team to come up to come up here. Um, I I, I, I really doubt that. But but yeah, I did I did hear. I did hear some somebody say, that, or I read somewhere on on the Twitter or something, um, where all the news breaks that um, <laughs> that that, that they, there was a TJ spotting. So I didn't put a whole lot of I didn't put a whole lot of uh, um, emphasis into, into into believing that because I started thinking, now this this doesn't make any sense. So I mean, it, and TJ doesn't need to come here to visit for like I said, he knows every blade of grass on campus. He doesn't need to. The tour of the facilities because nothing's changed. Um, it's, it's, he, he knows everybody up there that he needs to know. So he possibly could have been here, but I doubt it.
1: Uh, Randy, two more questions before I get to here, And we appreciate all the time. Randy Peterson, sure. come on, register, talking about the uh, job situation in Ames at Iowa State and the TJ Altselberger is a candidate for the job and a very strong candidate for the job. Uh, Money wise, what are we talking about, Max, that Iowa State could offer? TJ makes. 1.2 million here. It escalates to, escalate to the 1.5 in the fifth year of his deal. Are we talking high twos, low threes, three and a half? What are we talking about in terms of the money he potentially could be hauling in?
6: That's a great question. That's a wonderful question because with you're, I, I've heard people who who aren't who are who are fans slash boosters. They they are boosters, but not the highest highest roller boosters. Um, I've, I've talked to them about that, or they've talked to me about it, and I've listened. They they're suggesting that that maybe pay TJ one seven in his first year, yet pay his assistants as much as as much as it's as it's possible, so TJ can get a top notch staff in here. The thing about TJ is that he's known around Iowa State as a recruiter. He's known as the guy that recruited most of the stars that Iowa State that Iowa State had when Iowa State was was uh, in the glory days of Iowa State basketball. that was largely because TJ recruiting. you don't hear when TJ was up here you didn't hear a whole lot about X's and O's until until maybe you know later in his in his assistant's career here. So there's some speculation out there that he might get one five one seven his first year and then and then they put a lot of money into the pool for the assistant coaches. So he can, so he can get as good as assistant coach. He can get anybody as an assistant coach that he wants. I think that's, that would be a logical, that would be a logical goal.
4: The, the record would indicate there's not much there right now to build around, but is, is there any foundation to build on right now at Iowa state?
6: It's a good question. Other than, other than having one of the best fan bases in the country, I don't think so. This was not, this was not a great team this year. This is this is a team that started the season with eight new players. It's a team that's had an average of two players in the transfer portal every year this in the last six years. I don't there's not a there's not a strong base. There's not a strong foundation. That this program used to run on four year on four year players. Listen to this guys. Steve and Steve Prom's six years, only one player started as a freshman and played four years. Just one out of all the recruits. Just one. That's Iowa State's gotten away from that. So I no, there's not a foundation. There's a there's a there's maybe four or five nice players, very good players, and whoever gets a job, their first their first um, their first mission is to keep those players at Iowa State and keep them from out of the transfer portal. They've got a couple decent recruits um, that have signed. The new coach has to keep those people engaged, also, but. Beyond that, it's going to be a reboot. It's going to be a reset. It's going to be a start over. And like Jamie Pollard, the athletic director, said today, it could it could take several years.
1: Randy, that was awesome. Thank you so much for the information. We appreciate it.
6: My pleasure. Stay in contact, guys. We could be uh, talking again here in a few days.
1: Yes. Randy Peterson, thanks, Randy. All right, All right. bye. Randy Peterson, Des Moines Register, Iowa. We reset for the 5 o'clock hour. We'll get some reaction to the info that Randy just gave us there on the uh, TJ Otzelberger situation at uh, UNLV, potentially moving on to Iowa State.
0: Finley Toyota, they'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota.